the Ladies Kicking Assets, where we are empowering women with the financial education they need to live the lives they want. We are your co-hosts, Robin and Courtney, and we are so happy that you're here with us today. Please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And little disclaimer, we are not financial advisors. Um, This is for educational purposes only. Um, Robin, why don't you introduce our guest that we have today? Okay. It is my pleasure to welcome Beth Clifford to our show. Welcome, welcome. Just a little bit about Beth. Um, She's an international real estate developer. She is the CEO of Mahogany Bay Village. But most importantly, she is a serial entrepreneur. I love that about you. And it's Mm -hmm. so descriptive. Beth, we just want to thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to um, just share uh, your story a little bit and maybe some um, direction to women who are considering getting into your field um, and maybe some treasures that you've learned over the last few years. So I know that's a little bit and a lot, in one <laughs> statement, um, but maybe you can share with us about how you sort of, you know, got into this space. You got it. Hey, well, first of all, I want to thank both of you and, you know, and so how wonderful to be around with a bunch of high caliber women who just love to share what they've done so that other women can succeed. Isn't that correct? Which Absolutely. Is, yes. Uh, that so is what, for, yeah, that's our so whole. Thank you for being those type of ladies. Correct. Which yeah. Is, No, it's all about sharing, right? Yes. Abundance. You bet. Abundance. Mm -hmm. Um, So you asked me how I got into it. And so I'll I'll tell you the the short story, which is Mm -hmm. um, my first careers were in Wall Street and were on management consulting and technology and kind of all of that stuff. And so I was very much into the software and operational systems on how to go make companies go do things cheaper, better, faster. And I did that on my own management consulting companies. Who cares? Did all of that. And then I sort of went through my career midlife crisis in my mid thirties when I said, is this what I want to go do for the rest of my life? Cause I'd grown my consulting company to a point where I wasn't doing the work anymore. I was selling the work, which isn't, which is typically what happens when you're in those consulting and you're in those soft industries, lawyering, anything is that you, as you go up the pet, as you go up the um, food chain, you end up selling mm-hmm. the work as opposed to doing the work. Right. What I liked was doing the work because mm-hmm. I'm a consummate, I'm a consummate puzzle solver. So anyways, I went and looked at it and I said, look, what have I got for core competencies? And I made a whole list like here, what am I good at? Not industry specific, but I said, what am I good at doing? Just as my competencies, I'm good at figuring out what the problem is. I'm good at isolating the problem. I'm good at finding a solution to that problem. I'm a good strategist. And so so I, I would encourage people to kind of get back to kind of their own first principles thinking about who they themselves mm-hmm. are, what am I good mm-hmm. at, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what industry I'm in. And then I looked at it and I said, well, what what did I want to go do? And what I always have wanted to go do is build. And mm-hmm. that comes from my grandfather. My grandfather was a builder. I used to drive around and get snuck out of the house when I was four years old. <laughs> a nap and he would steal me away and in his pickup truck and my grandmother would be yelling bring her home and I would be I would be off at the job site at four years old and so I think that got into my bones which is um I think in the 3D I love to build. Mm-hmm. I also love being around men and I really love and appreciate men and women. And I think we need them both and we celebrate mm-hmm. them both equally. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I did. So I went and took my core competencies 
at a very high level of abstraction and then said, one of those would be applicable for me to go move into a new industry, which was more outside of manufacturing and technology and move it over into the construction industry. And so that's what I ended up doing. And so really when it business is business everywhere. And so, you know, it's, there's so much crossover. So that's how I went into it, ended mm -hmm. up finding a woman that I um, partnered with to go do it. Within a year, I ended up learning it was that, you know, a construction manager for, you know, multi-billion dollar projects. And so I think it's all about just kind of knowing what you can do well, partnering mm -hmm. with people that are there to help you get through it. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I did. Is that, is that a good, is that what no, you're that's, that's great. Yeah, but that, that's and that just makes me sit there and think, okay, so how did you find those people that you ended up partnering with? Because mm -hmm. I think that's a challenge, um, you know, going out and making sure that you find the right people. And so mm -hmm. how did you, where did you find them? And this was sort of like, I don't want to call it pre-internet, but this was in late nineties. Yeah. And so this mm -hmm. is like, we're still not, you know, this is like, we're barely on Netscape browsers at this I point. I mean, we had AOL discs at registers at, in late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> We're still fax and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how big my phone was then. If it was this big or this big, I don't remember what size. My I phone had a hundred foot cord attached to it. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure where I was on the technology curve on that. Um, I actively went out and looked for them, and so I went and started calling people, looked around, and you know, I don't even remember where I ended up finding her. That's how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. But our our paths ended up crossing, and then it turned out that what you know what she needed was kind of what I had. That was her next growth. And then what I needed was to learn the, the other side of the business. And so, uh -huh. and again, I always go back to that too, which is, you know, you know, hogs get slaughtered, right? Pigs get fat. And so uh -huh. it's always about finding like-minded people where you're mutually moving towards similar goals, mm -hmm. where you really, you know, establish that trust and rapport and encouragement for other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. And I think it's fine are good to have that synergy. Like I, you know, a couple of the girls that I'm partnered with, you know, I'm really good at talking with people. Michelle is really great with working kind of the back end and the paperwork. And the, you know, so we have different skills and they all come together and fit beautifully because we all do different things and we mm -hmm. all have different strengths. And mm -hmm. so, um, mm -hmm. I love that you have done developing. So how is, I'm not sure what your background is in developing is mahogany Bay, I'm not sure where that falls in line. Um, I was kind of interested in how, I guess maybe what were some of your first projects and mm -hmm. is Mahogany Bay your biggest one? So yes, it's the biggest one that I've done. Well, it depends on how you want to go look at it. And so I look at it, for, so I have basically sat at every chair at a real estate development project table throughout my career. So I have gone from being a subcontractor to be a general contractor. I've been an owner's representative, which is almost the same as being a GC, but you work directly with the owner as opposed to having financial responsibilities for projects. I've been the owner, I've been the developer. Um, and so I've kind of sat around all of the different chairs. And so that's been very helpful because I understand what motivates everybody within those chairs. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. how you can help them succeed, how do they make their money, what information do they need in order to be successful, etc. And so if you talk about biggest, well, the biggest are when I was doing being program project director as an owner's rep and building semiconductor facilities and having budgets that are in the billions of dollars. And so mm-hmm. those are certainly larger, but I was an OR. So as an owner's rep and I was running construction work at that time, I wasn't the owner developer myself. And so that's kind of the developer is kind of one step up in the food chain of that who is masterminding the entire project itself. From a financial standpoint, for the amount of people that were working with me, those were the times where I probably had the most responsibility for both financially and from a management perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahogany Bay was one of the largest from Greenfield. Greenfield starting with nothing mm-hmm. and going all the way from you've got dirt, now what do you go do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, through that whole thing of highest and best use, what should I go build here? Put the capital stacks together, put the planning together, doing all of that. And so that Mahogany Bay was certainly one of the largest one and, and a real challenge too, because it was not in the United States. And so it was going into a foreign country as well. Fortunately, and the good news is, is it's English spe- speaking. And so I don't know if I would ever go, I think that's the real one, <laughs> go foreign and go in another language. That That's a tough one. Yes. You know, and, yes. and honestly, I have looked at a couple of projects that were foreign languages language and and not British Commonwealth law, which I like to stay inside of that now. So to me, there's sort of, I look at those kinds of things. I I guess I'm too old at this point. I'm 63 years old. And so probably at this point, I want to keep it easier for me. If I was 40 and doing it over again, would I go do, you know, common non-Commonwealth law and go do another country? Maybe, but certainly a lot easier in the U.S. And there's so many opportunities in the U.S. I don't think you necessarily need to go offshore. Sure. Right. Well, what, what, where, where are you going now with your um, future developments or are you taking another, that's beautiful. <laughs> so, um, so, Your so, office. This, <laughs> so this is uh, this is like the number one lot on a property that I'm doing uh-huh. in uh, North Carolina on the coast of North Carolina mm-hmm. and so I started to this this came out of um, looking for something in the United States and so mm-hmm. still very active in the pro- property in Belize but started to look at well all these people retiring COVID mm-hmm. all of those good things where are people moving to and so I kind of identified North Carolina, first of all, it's a right to work state, Raleigh, Durham, there's just thousands of jobs. If you go look, I'm sure you're watching where mm-hmm. the puck is moving. Uh, Raleigh is always in one of the top five um, uh, cities or mm-hmm. MSAs that are being or the triangle itself, huge growth coming out of there. And so I ended up working on this property here. So I'm the, the developer for this and owner on this property and have put together aggregated uh, 85 uh, acres. And I'm going to be building a 81 unit a lot. Uh, subdivision, uh, very high end and what we call an agrihood, something totally different where yes, that the, is amenity, different. the amenity is not a pool where you can show off your cellulite legs. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, so it's about, it's about being eco and creating a whole community about being environmentally sensitive. We have 
oysters being farmed right off the coast, right off the shore, less than less than a half a mile from here. Mm -hmm. We have beautiful waters that are outside, fantastic waters for you know all kinds of uh, recreational and fishing and anything else that you might want to right on the intercoastal waterway. Um, and what's always what I love to do is I love to invest where there's a partner who has more money than me who is investing. And who is that that always has more money than the private developer? Yeah, the public. Oh. <laughs> the government. The government. They're always using well, <laughs> So while they're using my money to go improve things, and what I like to do is I say, I like to draft behind their race car, right? Because yeah. here they are. So they're putting in and they've got billion dollar project, which is yeah. to bring a new interstate from Raleigh over to where I am. Mm -hmm. And today wow. it's a, a little under four hours for that, for that drive. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to a little over two hours in Unbelievable. eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that do? Just just go and look. Just so yeah, just yeah. go. What happens? Yeah. What happens to a market when the from from a when a uh, from a hub where you have a good employment hub and where right. that market moves from four hours to two? Go take a look at it and go all over the world and you'll see what happens to them and they mm -hmm. blow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, huge. So I like to be on the path of progress, the Wayne yes. Gretzky, you know, where the puck is, where the puck's going. Um, so that's what we're doing over here. So I'm really excited about it. Well, if that's anybody incredible. can do it, you can. Well, I will die trying. I know that's for you sure. You will do it. You will yeah. do it. It will be done well. <laughs> I was actually watching a video that you were being interviewed in. And um, I think it, they were talking about when you were starting with Mahogany Bay and people didn't believe that you were going to be able to accomplish that. So I love that you like pulled up your bootstraps and were like, watch me make this happen. And yes. now it's this incredible community. So I can't wait to see what you do with this. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You know, and I think it's all about, you know, just don't listen to that stuff, right? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And, but that's, that's not me, right? I'm not going to go do that. So go ahead. Mm -mm. No, it actually pushes me to be even like, if you tell me no, then I'm going to go out and not only am I going to do this, but we're going to multiply that and we're going to do it 10 X over what I originally had planned just mm -hmm. to, just to extra prove it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, you know, for women, I think sometimes what's lacking is they may have all this knowledge, but it's the confidence to really that bad. Like, and sometimes okay, I think jump people just don't do know it. how to get started. Sometimes right. people are just like, okay, what do I do? And how do I get started? And how do I make this happen? So mm -hmm. I've, I've yeah. found myself in some of those shoes before, you know, just yeah, trying right. to figure I out where to go. Somebody who always heard people are like, oh, you're a developer, right? And like, how do I go do that? And, and mine is always, and this is just my, this is my opinion, right? So mm -hmm. this $8 gets you a cappuccino today. So <laughs> it doesn't mahogany bay. Because <laughs> I did it the other day. You were just there yesterday, right? I was. I was. I was. Um, but here's mine, which is I'm always to go do it. Like I and like I always say to people who come to me, and I said, look, if you want to go be a developer, you want to go into get into real estate, you want to go over do whatever you're gonna go do. Everything that you, that I go do as a developer is the same as if you were to go buy a under an underutilized single family residence and improve it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to go acquire it. You got to go do the due diligence. You've got to go acquire it. You got to put the capital stack together. You got to put your friend's money together, your equity. You got to go get the debt. You got to go do the research on the property itself. You've got to come up with a plan. So, you know, it's it's a whatever and it needs yeah. to go to it needs whatever that is. So it's got to go from here to there. You've got to have a plan to go get it there. You've mm-hmm. got to engage and build a team to go move it from A to B and get it done. You got to sell it. Every that is exactly what I do. I just do it with seven or eight zeros on the end of whatever you're doing. And so I'm always like, look, I, to me, the best thing that you could go do is take whatever capital you have, eat, eat macaroni and cheese for the next two years so that you have enough money in the bank to be able to capitalize yourself. Mm-hmm. Be your own bank mm-hmm. so that and when you can be your own bank and so that you can at least put 10% of the equity down, if you can do it, mm-hmm. that's a, that's the best. But if not, get your friends together to go do it. You got to come up with some money, even if it's yeah. 50 bucks, you've got to go throw some money into the deal. Go do, do it. And the worst thing that most likely that will happen to you, like what's, and then look at it and say, all right, here's my project plan. I buy a house for a hundred thousand. I'm going to do a bunch of work on it. If everything goes according to plan, I sell it for 200. I make $40,000. And so, and then what's the worst case? The worst case is that I end up with the original asset and maybe that it sells for 60, which is minus 40, right? Mm-hmm. So I always look at that and I said, well, if you were to go to Stanford Business School, if you were to go to Stanford and go to their construction management school, it would take you two years, $140,000. You're going to learn more on doing that than you will at Stanford for $140,000 in two years. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that analogy. And, That's amazing. And, and, and you'll get upside out of it. Now, now, can you, because you just did that, go and get hired by some, you know, one of the five biggest construction management firms to go be a construction manager? No, but that's not what you want to go do anyways, correct? Mm-hmm. You want to be an entrepreneur inside of real estate. So go do it. Just do it. That's what I'm just like. Just go do it. Find something simple. Put yourself out there. Just do it. Just go. And, you know, it, and as I always say, and I say, and it's just, it's kind of that Star Wars. I can't remember if it's Star Wars or I think it, maybe it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is, you know, the bridge, the next level of the bridge appears to you as you go and you need to go to it. And yeah. so there's nothing like urgency and necessity to drive you to come up with a solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden Absolutely. you go buy the property and then all of a sudden it's going to become very, it's going to become very evident to you that, well, you got to go pay the mortgage for it. Well, how am I going to go pay the mortgage for it? Well, I got to go do a kitchen design. Well, who am I going to ask? Can I do the kitchen design? Do I have to find somebody to go do a kitchen design? And yeah. it's all there guys. Yeah. You just got to put yourself out there. You're right. Just do yeah. it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Yeah, and I won't name any names, but I've got, I know people who have been going on the same educational summit that I've been a faculty member on, which mm-hmm. is actually next month. And I think yes. I'll see both of you there, correct? Yes, yes. And I know that there are people there who have been going for the same 16 years that I've been going there who are still waiting to find out the right thing so that they can go start. Really? Yes. Wow. So I left the <laughs> summit last year on fire, um, just on fire. I don't I know so those ex- people. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm literally on my fourth business deal that I'm starting. I'm, I'm about to launch. I've done one syndication. I'm launching another. We've actually, I've done a couple. And so, um, you know, I'm, and I'm still kind of trying, you know, finding my footing exactly where, you know, what I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. But so many amazing things have come out of that and so many amazing connections. Yeah. And well, but so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doer, classes. I'm an action taker. So yeah. I, I learn and I'm, I take action. 
Yeah, just go do it. You know, and I and always I always preface things. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Right. So yeah. what's the worst thing that can happen to me? And so, you know, if I were to learn everything through that whole process and lose 20 grand, but I learned all of this and I end up with a construction manager and I ended up with a, you know, somebody who will invest with me and the knowledge that I have, then it's a win. And so, so many people think, so many people think that getting a no is a lose. To me, a no is like when they go out and they ask for sales or they go get whatever and people are like, oh, they said no to me. And I said, no, a no actually moved you forward. Even though you think you met a a roadblock by hearing a no, you now understand whatever you are asking for is either inappropriate, isn't going to work or whatever. And so now you have more information to move forward. So don't take your no's as a negative. Take your no's as a positive because now it's giving you more information for you to move forward from but so many people get stopped and i i, I deal with people all the way i think so many they get stopped by the first no and then they go home and stuck their thumb and then they're done right that well and i think that's really important you know i think one of the most one of the coolest things I went to one of Kyle Wilson's inner circle meetings here a couple of months ago, and there are some really accomplished people in that group. And we sat and talked to, you know, he focuses on, you know, personal development. And one of the guys said, you know, I'm really struggling with affirmations and, you know, making sure I'm doing the right thing. And so I just thought it was really incredible to see that, you know, these highly accomplished, successful people still struggle with that. And they get up and they still, you know, do the, okay, I am great. I am good. I am successful. And, you know, they, they go with that. So it's just a matter of, you know, going in and, and I do that daily now. And, um, and I think it really makes a difference and mm-hmm. everything is a learning experience. You take that, you learn from it, you grow from it and you move on and you make it better. You do. Mm-hmm. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Keep moving. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, yes. so Beth, now that you've, um, are super seasoned with all of your, um, <laughs> super wins what would you share with the Beth Clifford of let's say 30 years ago, what, would I what advice oh. would you give her? That's a good one. Hmm. You know, I would have started probably, well, that's not true. Cause I, I haven't had a page. I haven't had a, you know, whatever you call it. What is it? A 1090. What is it? A w- 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 <laughs> that's how much I don't know. <laughs> I haven't had a W2 since 1989. Um, wow. I don't know. You know, I, I look at the other side, which is I look at all of my experiences along the way built me to who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't look back on any of my experiences in which they didn't happen to me. And Mm -hmm. I actually speak with people like I was fired three times and I'm like, I think that's great to get fired. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's happened to me. (laughs) You have to reinvent yourself. But you know, ever who you are. I should have been fired, right? Because I was way out on the other side of the end of the envelope and really challenging a lot of authority and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And 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 so all of those things. So if you're able to go as quickly as possible, don't 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 um, don't reflect information from you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when somebody says something to you and says, oh, you know, like whatever that seems negative to you, like really be able to absorb those pieces of information and take them for what they are and, and, and have them have yourself grow from them. So many people look at, at negative feedback as something that they need to reject from themselves. 
and that they can't absolutely, they can't absorb that information. Mm -hmm. And I always look on the other side, like, look, if somebody is willing to really be honest with you and give you a really strong uh, information to you that may not seem positive to you, take that information immediately and look, put your ego aside and put, you know, put your attitude into wanting to be the best and understand what those are. Mm-hmm. And I say that a lot. I, I have to fire a lot of people. I own companies and you've just got to make, you know, things don't work out. You've got different for whatever reasons. And I always start those conversations. And I say this today probably will feel like your worst day in your life. But if you actually take what I tell you and really use discernment with it. There will be a day, and I hope it's tomorrow, that you will be able to take this information and move out in a new way that will be more productive for yourself. But some people will stay, you know, they will stay stymied and stuck for six Angry months and, and they can't move forward and they just want to make that person a bad person. But I'm like, look, anybody who is willing to be honest with you and to give real critical feedback to you people, that's a gift because today that's not what happens. I mean, today, either you're getting trolled on social media by people who are whatever, who you shouldn't really be listening to anyways. But the number of friends who will really tell you like, you know, your haircut looks awful. You need to lose 20 pounds. Like those people, People who really care enough about you to go put relationships on the line to really tell you about how you could be a better person. Those are the people that you want in your life. And I think that's the person I want to be in my life to other people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's beautiful. And and I always do too, another, which is attitude dictates outcome. I say this all the time with my team members, attitude dictates outcome. And if you put your feet on the door on the floor every day and like, Oh, I can't do it. The stock market lost 4% yesterday and Twitter is down and we you know 12%. And, you know, and so if you start your day, you know, and whatever, and we're out of your nose, and, you know, and if you start that whole thing and you become victim and all of that stuff, like that's, that's how you'll get how you will show up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so attitude dictates outcome. And so it's back to the affirmations thing. It's like when you're brushing your teeth, what do you look like? What are you saying? Can't wait for the day. And I'm just like, I refuse. I don't care if it's raining, anything else. I see somebody, how are you today? And I'm like, it's the best day ever today. Yes. Do you know, Mm. Beth? Okay. So every morning when I wake up, the very first thing I do is thank God for waking me and giving me another day. I really think that we start with an attitude of gratitude. And if I find myself whiny or complaining, or maybe the weather's not going right, I'm like, you know, that we were stuck at baseball the other day and it was so windy and awful. And then I thought, you know what? I get to be here. I get to be at my kids' baseball game. You know, how many kids wish they could play baseball or parents wish they could go. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to sit here. Mm and suck it up and be thankful that I get to go do this. And it mm-hmm. really is about your attitude. It, it does so much. And it's, it's such an impact. You know, and you will, and it's also, you know, we always talk about the five people that are around you, right? But yes, if you're yes. one of those people who's a victim and, you know, and I don't remember, we used to have, some, oh, Debbie Downer. I used to have somebody who lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. We used to call her Debbie Downer. And I mean, like, I used to be like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. It rubs <laughs> off. <laughs> You know, but she had her own clique of downers who just wanted to Mm -hmm. sit there and talk Mm -hmm. downer stuff. And I was just like, I just don't want to be part of that. And I think so you will create that that will self-select the people that are around you. And Mm -hmm. and it is what it is. It is so powerful. I don't know if this is helpful to you, but 
Oh, no, yeah. all of, what? all of these things have impacts in what you choose to do and where you're going. And you're mm-hmm. exactly right. Um, I, do, I face challenges all the time and I figure out how to get through them. And, and it's funny because, you know, after I put my first pitch deck and did my first pitch, you know, I called a couple of people and said, okay, you know, will you give me some real, you know, feedback? And they, they said, yeah, this is what I thought you could do better. And that is how, you know, I'm going to take that. And that's how I improve and how I do a better job for my investors, how I do mm-hmm. a better job job for myself and how I just get better altogether. And yep. it really is about who you surround yourself with and your attitude. It really is. Yeah, and if you ask for people and then you start deflecting everything that they say to you, then who wants to talk to you anymore? Like I just yeah. look at people and I'm just like, all right, you don't want to listen. That's fine. Good luck. Go on. Have a great life. Yeah. I hope yeah. I'm not included in your life. <laughs> but I'm just like, I just don't have time for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you just want to deflect and make yourself right, you know, another thing too, and I like, there's things that I know that I have certainly grown where in my life, whereas I used to have a high proclivity for wanting to be right. And the question is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in a relationship? But you can't be in both of those at the same time. <laughs> God, I've so been in that place. Yeah. And so that's why, and I'll find myself, I'll be like, oh, no, no. I'm trying to be right right now. That's what I'm trying to do. And so I'm going to, and trust me, I, I'm a great debater. I can debate forever. You know, I can win most debates if you give me long enough time. But the question mark is, what's the outcome that you really want? And to be what are you trying world? to achieve? And I've had that conversation, I think, with you before, too, which is everything you do should be intentional. Like when when I'm going to have a meeting with somebody, I understand, you know, what am I trying to get out of this communication? Why am I communicating with this person? Why am Mm -hmm. I meeting? And that's not to be like a user or anything else, but there is a reason why I'm meeting with the bank. There's a reason why I'm meeting with this investor. There's a reason why I'm doing certain things. And so Mm -hmm. why am I doing that? And then what is the outcome? What does the outcome look like from this activity that I'm going to do? So how will I measure success? Mm-hmm. Did I get what I want to out of this whole deal? And then I plan it backwards, which is what is the person I need to be in order to approach this situation to get the outcome that I want to? Because mm-hmm. there are times where you need to go in and have, and I, you've heard me speak about it, mm-hmm. from hubris to humility. Your attitude and the way that you interact with people is somewhere in this continuum between hubris and humility. And you have to really decide where you're going to be. Now, there are times where I can be full of hubris is firing somebody intentionally who did something really horrible and whatever else, then I'm going to be further on the hubris side. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I'm mm-hmm. on righteous indignation at this point. And like you need, you're in here because my outcome for this is for them to understand how serious it is what they did, how much possible danger they possibly could have done for a lot of people. And so that they understand that they don't go do it in the future. So I don't go in with humility and like, oh, I understand you really didn't know you shouldn't be driving drunk and 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 put people's lives you know yeah. on the other side like do you understand you could have killed somebody and do you understand how much risk you put this at and do you know what I'm saying and so, I know. and so and so I think where if people if you kind of look at your day and you understand like who you've got to be how you need to approach what kind of person shows up to that understand did that work well not work well as you go through it I think that's really how you start to understand and win more in what you're going to go do. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll, and I'll end on this statement and we're probably going too long, which is just, you know, the more you can do for other people, the better it is. And so it's not all right. about you 
you, even though I just went through this thing, which was all about what is my outcome I want out of it. But almost every engagement that I have is all about creating team and membership and creating community and team with everybody that's around it. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, I want an outcome, but I'm looking to partner with people who also get an outcome. And so you need to understand it from their perspective about what do they want out of the equation and make sure they're getting what they want out of it. So so good. Well, we have not run out of time. I have one final question for you um, that I think would really be beneficial to our viewers. Uh, I just want to speak just for a moment about mentors in our life um, Mm -hmm. and how that's so important. You've mentioned, uh, and we know the connections um, with with people. You are the summation of, you know, at least the five people that you're hanging out with and bettering yourself. And you have certainly been an incredible mentor um, for uh, Brett and myself. And so we're so appreciative of that. Who are your mentors now? um, And how would you encourage our viewers to seek mentors out? Like what should be um, something that they're looking for, not just I just need like an accountability buddy, but I need a, a direct mentor. Um, yeah, so that brings up a good point. I would say that I don't have a lot of mentors right now. What I have are colleagues, CEOs, and business leaders. Mm-hmm. And so, and I kind of, as we call it, it's kind of the lonely. It's lonely at the top plan, because when you are the head of your company, you can't bleed any of your attitude down you can't use any of the people who report to you for any type of kind of back and forth kind of information Mm -hmm. and so I have colleagues of within the development who are other developers Mm -hmm. other people who own like civil engineering firms whatever they're kind of the people that I'm always in communication with and talking with just about where's the puck going what are we doing what's development doing go on as far as a personal mentor I probably don't have one right now Mm what do I, do, what do I, but, but here's the other side of it, uh, which is how do people get mentors? Yes. Um, I think the number one, and it goes back to my first conversation, which is have an inventory of the things that you're good at mm-hmm. and that you think you could add value to someone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. I Isn't it? And yes. then- <laughs> I'm going to make my list. <laughs> No, because think about it, because let's just say that you just graduated from high school. You you might know how to go do Excel. Like you might just be Mm -hmm. the Excel maverick of the world. You might be the Instagram, like you have four thumbs and you can do Instagram (laughs) Instagram 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 posting every couple minutes. Is that correct? (laughs) That you just you take for granted that you do that maybe part of your personal life, not even part of your professional, whatever that is. And you say, these are the things that I'm really good at. And these are things I'm really good at. So here's the things I'm really good at that I love to do and would love to do more and learn more to go do it. Here's things that I'm really good at doing that I'm willing to go do more of it, but it may not be the thing that I absolutely adore. Because I'm just sorry, guys, you're not always every day, every hour is not going to be fun time in the bounce house for you. And so you've got to understand that. And so if you want to go work with somebody, you can't be expecting that you're going to get to do everything that you want to go do that's the most fun for you 100% of the time. I mean, I was astonished. Somebody came down and I won't name, but they came down, they wanted to work with me down in Belize. They 
came down and I had two businesses that I was working on and she helped, you know, flush out some of the plans and take them from two pages to six. And then she comes to me and she says, I think I should get 40% of the company. And I just like looked at her. I'm like, oh, like you think? Yeah. <laughs> said, you put cap, was it your idea to into yeah. it? You need money? Are you going to stay and actually execute the plan? You know, what part are you going to go do? And she had no answer to it. And I was just like, well, so that's not how things work. But I, I, on the other side of it, if you go back to your core competencies, things that you can go do, there are so many people out there who need that to be done. Yes. And so in a quid pro quo, it's like, hey, if somebody walked into my front door today and said, Beth, I'm really great. Well, I just had somebody two days ago who lived down the street from me who's unbelievable in real estate, who will probably end up being the person who does all of our real estate marketing with him. Oh, nice. He, okay. He is a, a, he is complete digital media, crazy person. Okay. And he, he just lives in the, all the, the, lives all in that the world. digital media, all of that stuff. That's what he loves and does and everything else. And so four houses down for me, he's going to be that person. But he, on the other side, he wants to learn how to someday to be a developer. Developer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on in. Come on, right? Oh, so, that's so great. Yeah. You can pull me out with DM and stuff like that. I need all of that stuff. Yes. I don't want you to can learn. provide value to each other, which is Absolutely. so great. And so yeah. you can sit here and be part of my development team and by osmosis or however else you want to engage mm-hmm. with it. You're going to watch and see how a development gets put through from entitlement all the way through to handing the last key to somebody four years from now. Yeah. And so, He's like, sign me up. He's like, I'm up. And so we're going to pay him for what he's going to go do, but he's going to be an integral team member and get to be a participant in the entire team. And so that's where I look at. That's where you go. Start with what you can give. Start with what you can give. (laughs) What value? I always think about that. You know, what value can I bring that person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then here's what I'm asking for in return. Love it. Love it. Well, thank and you I so differ. much. And for... I'll, just, I'll just do one thing. And I love the Kiyosaki's, but I differ a little bit because I believe in when you're starting out to live below your means, because I know they're always about expanding your needs and all of that uh-huh. stuff. And uh-huh. I personally am a little different. My personal experience was that, which is my growth was all about me building my own bank so that I was yes. number one, not addicted to not not addicted to high levels of living until I could afford it from my own cash flows. Yes. Okay. And that right there is so critical. What you just said, because so many people are like, well, I want to go get the Louis Vuitton bag today. I want to go get this thing there. I want to go get this. And I watched it for myself. I was in Silicon Valley. I was a single mom. I, it was in the late early nineties. I always ran my household, this is very personal, but I'll tell you, I ran my entire household so that I never had to make more than $60,000 a year gross. Mm-hmm. Wow. But Delayed I know gratification. And I made this much. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so for the two or three years that you go through all of that, the delta all of all of this went into banking for me. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. And 
and it wasn't a great sacrifice. I mean, I, I lived a great life and it wasn't like we ate, you know, we weren't eating, you know, crazy. We had a nice home, we had a car, but you know, whatever it is, we didn't have Ferraris, we didn't have all of that stuff. And so we delayed the gratification to the other side. But on the other side, I looked at other friends of mine who kept moving up and up and up in houses and then they needed more and more furniture and then they needed to keep up with everybody. And then they needed to have three cars and then they needed six mm-hmm. vacations and then they needed a boob job and then they Right, right. And so, <laughs> and, and so then the, a lift for that other job. No, and so the 60k goes up to 300k, and now you're in a high risk potential position where you lose your job at 300k, and you don't have 300k in the bank. Then you're scrambling for all got out to go keep yourself at, at bank. And so mine was live below your means, yeah. stay under that level, get a million dollars cash in the bank, and then you yourself can be the bank. So I have to tell you the signature line I have on my email says the chief cause of unhappiness is trading what we want most for what we want now. And, um, it really is about delayed gratification. And my kids have been giving me a hard time. I want a new Corvette so badly. I can't stand it. Um, (laughs) I could have gone out and bought one a long time ago, but you know, I chose to invest that money instead of buying the car so that, you know, we will have income coming in and now it will buy me three or four of those cars, but Mm -hmm. it's all about that delayed gratification and making smarter choices with my money. And I'm trying to instill that into my children as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's just about being smarter about what you're doing and making good choices. And, and yes, and I'm having to wait and it's okay, but you know what? Everybody that knows me knows that when I finally get that car, you know, I made, it it was a milestone. It was a, a goal that I set and hit, and that is going to be my reward. And see, and I joke with people, I don't joke, but every one of my Louis Vuitton and, and expensive designer bags, every one of them is a gumball that yes. is associated to yes. me for a goal that I created. And I did not allow myself to go buy that bag, even though I could have, I can afford the sure. bag. Yes. Yeah, but everyone, I go into my closet and I look at my bags. Every one of them is, most of them are all on return of capital to an investor. And so I can look at them and say, well, that was this project. That was that project. That was that project. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Yes. You set yourself up for your gumball, right? You're like, so as soon as I get this done, I'm going to get this gumball, right? And that gumball is your Corvette. That gumball could be a vacation with your friends. It could be whatever it is. It's that, it's that ring you always want, whatever. It doesn't mean that you don't get gumballs but set yourself yep. for a gumball yes. well that will be a great topic for another show our gumballs. favorite gumballs <laughs> gumballs i love gumballs <laughs> that's you have am, been I'm, I'm now amazing i'm like okay well, now I'm Thank you so much for today, Beth. Yes, you have just you're been, amazing. Um, you have just imparted like priceless, priceless yes. golden nuggets for our viewers. And I just really am appreciative of that. Um, and Courtney and I appreciate your time and just, you know, your willingness to come on and um, just pour into the lives of, of our viewers, our women and, and our men who will be listening. So thank you so much and have an amazing well, thank day. Thank you ladies for doing it because yes. it's a big step out to share and it's a lot of time yes. to go do it, correct? It so is. I applaud you for your efforts for doing it. Is. it. But we're committed. It means something to us. So thank you. you bet.